0: 2022. And so it's the new year. Also, it's been a few months since the transition happened where I came into the lead role minister. And so as the staff was talking through about what are the series that we need to talk about, you know, just to share with everyone, we actually kind of came up with some ideas of we need to just let you know some things to begin with. And so uh, nothing like scary or anything like that, but just to keep you informed. uh, It's super important to be able to do that. And so that's actually what we're starting the sermon with today, is just kind of keeping you informed on some things. And so one of those we talked about back in November, the loan on this building, the idea that, you know, we started out needing to owe about 5.55, 5.6 5.6 billion, uh, you know, billion, no, million dollars. This is a huge building, no, million dollars. Um, and so we didn't, we had already fundraised some of that. The loan was about 3.4 million. We were at 1.2 back in um, back in November. And so then we had the Thanksgiving offering and then we just applied that towards everything. We paid um, our free to grow, which is money that we've brought in through the year. And when we make our next payment here in about two weeks, we will officially be under the $1 million mark. And so just to keep you informed and excited about that. um, So just telling you thank you, but also it's fun to know those kind of things. Um, Also, there's some people things that we need to let you know about. For one, a lot of you have no idea where are we in the youth minister search? Because, you know, we've had some conversations, but a lot of you are like, no one's really said anything. I have to tell you, part of that is because we don't have a whole lot to share. Now, it's not because nothing's happened. Let me keep you updated here. To begin with, we started out as soon as we knew this transition was going to happen. uh, We reached out to like CIY and some youth uh, ministry professors at Bible colleges and said, who are names that you could give us that you feel like would do a fantastic job? And so we got some different names and reached out to these individuals. And some people were happy where they're at, and some people were like, yeah, we'll have conversations. And so we kind of went through the interview process and brought some someone in. But after that day, we felt like it was a really great guy, but it wasn't the right fit for us. And so we went back to the drawing board saying, okay, now we're just going to open it up to anyone. And so we advertised and people, you know, it was slow for a little while, but we got some resumes in and, and, you know, spent time checking out, you know, some of those people having conversations. And then there were two individuals that we really felt like they could fit well with our church. And uh, and so we did. We had extensive conversations with them, kind of taking those next steps. and due to different circumstances for both of them, they're actually both staying at the church that they're part of, which is great for the kingdom, but not for us. And so it's just one of, that's where we're at. And so we actually just got that last bit of information from one of those guys uh, just last week. And so we've been on the phone with resumes that have come in since that time and uh, have another phone conversation this week. And so hoping that we can move on that rather quickly. Um, so in one sense, it's been a little bit frustrating because, you know, you're hoping that you find the right person quickly. On the other side, it is so important to find the right person. You know, you don't want to just fit someone in there and then in a couple of years have to do things over again. And so that's where we're at. You can continue to praying for that, but just wanted to keep you updated. That's where we're at as far as our search for our youth minister. I will tell you in the past few months, the youth coaches have stepped up phenomenally, which they've always been great, but it's been great to watch them step up and then staff have come alongside and helped too. So just letting you know, that's where we're at as far as that goes. Since we're also talking about people, um, I also need to um, introduce you, in case you don't know, um, to our elders. And what I mean by that is you've gotten to know them maybe in some situations that weren't real exciting this last year. Um, But some of you don't know um, that our elders are actually supposed to be over certain families. And so up here is a picture of our five elders for this upcoming year, for 2022, and the families that they're supposed to be over, okay? And so that's depending on your last name. And so some of you didn't know that that's something that we do here. trying to even just be able to connect up with our our members even more than what we've done in the past. But wanting you to know that that's what happens. Biblically, the elders are the leaders of our church. And so a lot of you know our staff, and you maybe have someone that you go and talk to about certain things, and that's totally great. But if there's anything beyond that that you're wanting to have conversations, then those are our elders. And so we'll talk about biblical eldership at some other time, um, but just letting you guys know that that's part of how our church runs. That again, some of you may not know, but they're actually over. um, the staff. And uh, what you might not know too is within the last uh, year or so, uh, they've chosen to come to a certain night every single month outside of board meetings, elders meetings, just to come and pray, going, okay, God, we want to make sure that we're doing what you want us to. And so just being able to see some of that has been beneficial even for me. And so letting you guys know that's part of how our church runs. And so again, you may not have known that, and so now you do. Another thing I want to let you know is that because it's been a few months here, one of the first things I did is was I sat down with a lot of the different staff members and just kind of asked them questions about their current role, what their passions are, things like that. And so because of those conversations, we're actually shifting a couple of our staff members' roles, and so that's kind of beginning here at the new year, but we wanted to be able to communicate it. And so from now on, you'll see a couple new um, job titles. And so uh, when we hired Sam a few years ago, he was our senior adults minister. Um, But then we also shifted his title to Generations Minister because having to go online, there was also some things that we've now had to shift to um, in the last two years. Well, we're going to buy new business cards for him again, and we're shifting his name one more time. But it's not just to do that. It's because of what we think is important and really trying to do what God wants us to do. And so his new title is going to be Connections Minister. And if you were here at our uh, Christmas Eve service, like we really did talk about how connection is super important, this family aspect. Church isn't just about being able to watch a sermon every week and go, hey, that's what it is. Like it really is about connecting with people, whether that's in here, whether it's in the hall, whether it's in small groups. When things are going on, who can you call? Say, this is what's going on in my life. Will you walk through this with me? Will you pray with me? And so, under his job title of connections minister, he is going to take from Nick the idea of small groups and men's ministry and women's ministry. And that doesn't mean he leads all of those, but he is going to be in charge of the people who do lead those. He's also going to be our person that continues doing hospital visits, which we had to pull back a lot when COVID happened. But again, he's the one that's going to be in charge of that. He is still our online host and connection there and social media. And then one other thing that is shifting to his role, and this is coming from Cameron, but we're going to pull the Stephen ministry off of Cameron's plate and put it on to Cameron's. And the reason... Or, onto Sam's. The reason is because that ministry is so phenomenal and just the connections with individuals, but it's not so much outreach. Like there are times that people can come to know Jesus through it, but it really is more about connections. And so that is going to be underneath the title of uh, Connections Minister and Sam. So that's going to be shifting. So with that, Nick's title is also going to be changing. His title is going to be Teaching Minister. And so he's going to be the Teaching Minister here at our church. And so the Senior Adults Ministry that was over here with Sam is now going to move to Nick. It's going to look a little bit differently, but it will be underneath him. What is also going to be there is he's going to continue with the Rooted um, program that's been going on and there's actually some other steps that we haven't been able to put in yet that now we're going to focus on. And so that's also going to be underneath him. Um, We're going to bring back, we haven't done it in a little while, but Financial Peace University. And that class is something that's super important to be able to help like free up so many individuals who just feel just overcome by debt or finances is running my life instead of me being in control of finances. And so that's going to happen a couple times a year. He's still going to be over our college age ministry. One of the things that we're going to do also is we're going to have like a quarterly class. Maybe that's going to be on a Wednesday night or a Saturday night or something like that, but on topics that, maybe you feel like I can't sign up for an eight week class. Like my schedule just doesn't allow it, but like this is going on in our culture, or I'd really love to learn about this. And so we're gonna have him teach some classes that, hey, you don't have to sign up for anything else. Do you wanna come and understand more about this biblically and such? And so he's gonna be teaching some of those classes. One of the things also that we really wanna do, especially as we grow, is be able to communicate to individuals about what it means to be part of South Rock and who are we. And so we're gonna do a series of classes that are kind of like 101, 201, 301, 401 classes that do talk a lot about who is South Rock and what does it mean to be a member. Who does the Bible say that I am? like as an individual. And then who does the Bible say that God is? Some of these foundational things that I think will be helpful in people as they start out at our church. And so he's going to be teaching those multiple times throughout a year. And so I tell you those things, not detailing everything that's part of their job description, even though you might've just felt like it was, but in telling you that you can feel free to ask them other questions. Hey, what does this mean for you? Or you can ask me, we're not trying to hide anything, but I want you to know some of those shifts. And again, it all comes back to, we're trying to do what God wants us to. We're trying to connect up with our passions and abilities too as a staff. And so what does that look like? And so I wanted to communicate that to you. So next time you see their title change, you're like, where did that come from? That's where it did. And then I also want to tell you one more thing. Back in November, we had a staff and elders retreat. And you probably remember we had advertised and said, will you pray for us for this? Okay. It's something that we hadn't done before. And we're just We wanted you to be able to pray so that we could see what God wanted us to know. And so we did. We spent time in his word. We spent time worshiping through song. We spent time evaluating and dreaming. And uh, every single one of our sessions, the one where it was all of our staff together and the one where it was the ministers and the elders together and the one where it was the ministers, like every single one of those, we wish we would have had more time. Like, we ran out of time. We're like, we still have things that we want to talk about, which is nice because we're still going to have more meetings and such. But it was one of those things of, man, God, we want to just continue to listen to you. One of the biggest things that we walked away with is that we need to really focus on our mission statement. Like, if I were to ask you, do you know what the mission statement of South Rock Christian Church is, I wonder, would you be able to tell us? And if not, like, don't feel bad because, you know, we haven't communicated it super, super um, pointedly until just the last few months. But our mission statement here at South Rock Christian Church is helping people find and follow Jesus, helping people find and follow Jesus. If you're here at the beginning of the service, you actually get to see it on the video that, you know, counts down to the start of the service. But that's what our mission statement is. And you might kind of go, well, why is it important to have a mission statement? Well, it is important because we need to know where we're going and we need to be able to accurately evaluate Have we been able to do that? And if you think about sports, like a lot of teams may have a specific mission statement, but, you know, the score at the end of the game determines how you did. And especially when you get to professional sports, you often think through short-term goals, long-term goals to be able to achieve those type of things. Whenever you're in business, you know, goals and numbers often show how you did in a specific quarter, and each department should line up with the overall mission. And so even at church, we need to make sure we know what our direction is and be able to evaluate that. One, overall, but two, also in the individual programs. Like it can be able to say, it can be easy to say, hey, what does your church do? Well, we love Jesus. Okay. But how do you evaluate and plan with that? Like, how are we doing in those kind of things? And so helping people find and follow Jesus really is our mission statement. Let me look at that word find just for a moment this idea of find. Before anyone can have a relationship with Jesus where He is the one who transforms us, we have to start that relationship. We have to start that relationship. But the good news is that Jesus has made that possible for every single one of us. I mean, the gospel message and not a whole lot of verses, but here's some. Maybe you've heard this first one in John three sixteen. That simply does say, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Maybe you know this one from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Or even 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, but the new is here. Jesus came to rescue each of us, which we could not do on our own, and after accepting and after believing in Him, you and I, we are made new, completely new. Like He actually came in search of us so that we might find Him, that we might believe in Him, that we might come to know Him, and in doing so, that we might love Him. So what are we supposed to do with that as a church? Well, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 say, Then Jesus came to them, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." I don't know if when you were listening to those verse you heard it, but it says in there what our job is, to help people find and follow Jesus, to go, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach. You see, the church, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, it's been said the church is supposed to be a hospital for sinners and not a museum for saints. We must, first and foremost, continually help people find Jesus. This last week in my own devotion time, I've been studying the word awake. And I'm doing a book and it picks different topics, and so I've been looking at these different Scripture verses or different things written outside, pointing back to Scripture about this word awake. And it's a, been focusing on this initial, initial awakening to Jesus, like when we come to know Him. But then also, this constant awakeness, these moments when I realize God's presence is closer to me than I ever even imagined. And Robert Mulholland, Jr., he wrote that spiritual awakening, it can be gradual or it can be radical. It can take place through everyday events or in an extraordinary experience. It can be one focal experience or a whole sequence that finally falls together for us. You see, finding Jesus doesn't look the same for every single person. In fact, if you talked about in this room, hey, your story of how you came to find Jesus, you would find that there's a lot of different answers to that. It's why one style of evangelism or even one program doesn't work for everyone. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 that he had become all things to all people so that by all means possible, he may win some. You know what, we want to echo that. Now, that doesn't mean we change who we are, but it does mean that we use different methods to continually share the truth of Jesus and the truth of the gospel. This idea of find and finding Jesus. Mulholland Jr. also wrote that spiritual awakening can be both a comfort and a threat. And here's what he means. It can be a comfort because we have this sense of awakening to deeper realities of who we are, and who God is that we never would have had without Him. However, it can also be a little bit threatening in the fact that we recognize maybe that we aren't who we once thought we were, or we realize that God is far more than we ever could have imagined. But you need to know that the journey that comes after we find Him, from that moment on, it is amazing if we don't just stop here at finding him. If we don't just say, yep, this is enough. Like if we continue to follow him, what a story each one of us has. And so no matter the initial feelings that maybe you had as you searched for Jesus or how you found him, finding Jesus, choosing him, is what each of us were created for. Now, some of you in this room and maybe online, you wouldn't classify yourself as a Christian yet. You know, some of you, many of you would, and I want you to remember back to the days before you chose Him. And I wonder, in those moments, did you, or do you right now, know that something's missing? Like, you may be not, you're maybe not even able to say what it is, but you know that something is incomplete in life, and maybe you're not even searching, but maybe that's where you are or where you were before you found Jesus. Maybe for some of you, the way you felt or the way you feel right now is that, you know what, I think life is great the way it is. Do I really need God? Do I really have to answer to someone else? And maybe that's the feelings you've got. Maybe some of you were or are desperately looking because it seems that nothing else is meeting the need that you have. Nothing else has worked. And maybe in your life, you have like, and I've tried it all. But there's nothing else out there. Finding Jesus, it looks different. We all approach it in different ways. And some people will even find God, but they still have trouble following him because of differing reasons. And maybe it's, I just don't know that I know enough yet. Like, I feel like I need to know more. But the truth is, you do not have to know everything before you choose him. In any relationship, human relationship, you don't know everything about the other person before you start that. Sometimes people feel like, well, I've just done too much in my life. Like, I am too far away. How could anyone want to be around me, especially anyone who knows everything about me and God who is perfect? And yet the truth is that no one is too far gone from Him. Or maybe it's even the flip side. You kind of feel like, well, I'm a good person. Uh, do I really need God? And yet the truth is that no one is too good, that all of us still need to be saved. I really like something that I heard a few years ago at Bible college. Some professor was talking through this idea of people who don't believe yet. And they say I don't call them a non-believer. I call them a pre-Christian. They just haven't chose Jesus yet. And I was thinking about that life and those of us when we, before we chose Jesus, that our life really is kind of unrighteous. The idea that there is sin involved because we're still not living for Jesus. And even people who are like, yeah, but I'm still a good person. There's still this self-righteousness. That I'm still living for myself and not for him. And all of us need Jesus to be saved. But the gospel message is that he came not only to redeem you, but he came to redeem all of you, to make you a new creation. Finding Jesus, it is an important part of who we are because if we never find him, we can't follow him. And so this mission statement, helping people find and follow Jesus. As followers, of the, uh, as followers of Jesus, as the church, we help people to be able to find and follow him. Now hear me, I didn't say we make people find and follow him. You and I cannot do that. That is something that only the Holy Spirit and that person opening their heart up to Jesus can do. But we can point people in the right direction. And as you and I begin to follow Jesus... It's not a check the box thing, kind of like Sam spoke on last week. It's not a, okay, I found him, and so now I'm following, check. What's next? Check. You know, it's not a look, I've achieved it, check. You know, it's not a look at me, check. That's not what following looks like. Instead, it's all about what Christ has done for me. And so I choose to draw close to him and allow his power to continue to work in me to change me over the rest of my life. But if we're not careful we're not careful, we can reduce our Christian lives to a weekend worship service and an occasional Bible study. But following Christ is so much bigger than that. You see, faith in Christ has implications for every area of our lives, for every day. It's been said, if your religion hasn't changed your life, then you need to change your religion. Because truly following Jesus is life changing. But it all starts with accepting the gift and entering into that relationship with Him. And so, as a church, our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. And we do that by showing love and by showing grace to people. We serve them expecting nothing in return. We forgive even if we are right. We speak of Jesus and what He's done in our own lives. We remember to be humble because none of us are perfect. So the staff and the elders, we're looking at this mission statement that comes straight from Scripture to guide us and evaluate how we're doing as a church. And so I've got three questions for you as we end this sermon for you to be able to evaluate yourself. Number one, as an individual, have you found Jesus? As an individual, have you found Jesus, and if so, have you chosen to make Him your Lord and Savior? Or is there some barrier that's still there, that I found Him, I know He's here, but I'm not quite following Him yet. Have you chosen Him, so have you found Him? The second question is this, looking at your life, are you truly following Him? Like, Does your life today look more like Jesus than the day that you found Him, the day that you began following Him? And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at ways that Jesus wants to transform all of those who follow Him. And here's the third question. Are you actively trying to help others find and follow Jesus? Because it's true, yes, that is the job of the church, but it's also a responsibility for everyone who claims to be a Christian. And so for a few moments, here's what we're going to do. I'm actually going to give you just a moment to pray by yourself where you're at. And thinking about those three things, which one of those did the Spirit maybe nudge you a little bit on? Is there someone out there that you're, you're praying for? Is there something individually that God's working on you? The idea of finding Jesus or following Jesus or helping others do so. And I just want you to spend a few moments lifting that up to God in prayer, whether it's an excitement, whether it's asking for help. Just say, God, I can't do this on my own. And so what is it that he's leading you in this morning? So spend a few moments praying right where you're at. Father, I thank you for loving us, Jesus, I thank you for coming to save us, and Holy Spirit, I thank you for coming to live inside of us that we'll never be alone. God I just pray for us as a church to be able to truly live the way you want us to and to be able to carry out your mission, and it's not a thing that's ever done, but we continue doing so. God, help each of us in our own lives as we talk about finding you or following you, looking out for others who need to know you and your love and experience life. So, God, we want to follow after you, and I am thankful for all you've done and all you will continue to do. It is through your powerful name that we pray, amen. We're going to continue with our worship service, singing praise to Him and coming in communion with Him. But if there are things that you want prayer for with somebody else, then I'd encourage you to go to one of our decision points during this next song, and maybe... Today is the day that you find Jesus. You've been looking as like, I'm making my decision. I'm ready to start following after him. If that's you as well, then I encourage you to make your way to a decision point or to check with Sam online. For the rest of us, let's stand and sing.